Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady with you today, taking your calls and texts live on the air. I am filling in today for Pastor Ed Taylor, who is usually on Wednesdays on Calvary Live. He is in California right now, uh, spending a week, week teaching an intensive course at a Bible college out there. So do be praying for Pastor Ed and his ministry out there. And I will be with you today. I'd love to hear from you and take your calls and texts here on the air for Calvary Live. We want to say welcome to everyone listening in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM. Welcome to the program. Glad you tuned in today. We also want to say hi to everyone listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. One of the cool things about Calvary Live is that we're now syndicated in three different areas of the country. So here in the Front Range, Colorado, and Southern Wyoming, and we're also now syndicated on the East Coast for a while in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland on Hope FM. And very recently, we became syndicated also on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. So wherever you're tuning in from today, welcome to the program. We're glad you tuned in today. Uh, this is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or things going on in your life. If you have a prayer request, we would love to hear from you. We'd love to pray for you on the air. You can call us or you can text us. I'll give you the numbers again. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. And here at the beginning of the show is always one of the best times to call in if you want to get on the air because we always have open lines right here at the beginning of the show. We also want to give a greeting to everyone who listens in online. I know so many people um, in different parts of the country, in Texas and California, who tune in via the mobile app. If you don't have that yet, go to your app store, whichever one you use, and look for Grace FM. Download that mobile app, and you can have that on your phone, and you can tune into Grace FM wherever you are in the world over the Internet. And also you can just go to our website, gracefm.com, and you can listen uh, through your browser. But uh, we want to welcome those of you who listen online as well. And we want to remind you that those of you who are listening on the East Coast and in the area around Tennessee, you are hearing this program on a one-week delay. So keep that in mind. It means that you get to call in and uh, have your question go on the air. And then the next week, you get to tune in on the radio and tell all your friends to tune in and listen to you on the radio. It's be super cool. So uh, the number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Just a few words about who I am. I am uh, Nick Cady. I'm pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We're a church that's affiliated with Calvary Chapel, even though it's not in our name. And I am the host of Calvary Live every Monday here on Grace FM and on all the syndicated stations. Uh, again, I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is a church in Longmont, Colorado, that loves Jesus and loves to study the Bible. 
If you are listening today and you are from the Longmont, Colorado area, I'd like to personally invite you to come and join us and visit us and worship with us on a Sunday morning. We meet at 10 a.m. in downtown Longmont at 700 Longs Peak Avenue, 700 Longs Peak Avenue, and that is the St. Vrain Memorial Building. So some of you old-time Longmonters might uh, be familiar with that building. It's the St. Vrain Memorial Building, a historic building in downtown Longmont, right on the corner of Longs Peak and Kaufman. So Longs Peak and Kaufman, just one block west of Main Street, and it's on the southeast corner of Roosevelt Park, the city park here in Longmont. So if you're in Longmont or the surrounding area, we'd love to have you come visit us and worship with us on a Sunday morning. We meet at 10 a.m. in the St. Vrain Memorial Building, and you can find directions and more information, listen to some of our teachings and stuff like that on our website, which is whitefieldschurch.com. So that's whitefieldschurch.com. And you can also hear me every weekday at 2.30 p.m. on Grace FM. We have a show called Life in the Field. And you can also hear us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. So weekdays at 2.30 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for Life in the Field, which are our pre-recorded sermons uh, cut for the radio. So you can tune in and hear me then. Uh, this past Sunday at Whitefields, we are wrapping up right now our study of the letter to the Hebrews. It's just been a great study, and now we are getting into the end of the book. So we have really, we're actually coming to the last chapter this coming Sunday. It's going to be our final study in the book of Hebrews, which are, we're, it's been a great study. We're really looking forward to it. Uh, last Sunday, we talked about chapter 12, the end of chapter 12, where he talks about how without holiness, no one will see God. But then he talks about how this great exchange has taken place, where Jesus has taken our sins, and then he has given us his holiness, the holiness which we need in order to see God. Jesus has given us, by his grace, through his death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave, through the gospel, he has given us his holiness so that we can indeed see God. He has brought us not to Mount Sinai, which is the mountain where the law was given, but he's brought us to Mount Zion, which is another name for Jerusalem, that mountain upon which uh, the city sits and Jesus on that mountain, Mount Zion, died. And Mount Zion is a picture of the city which is to come, the, the full culmination of everything which we hope for in Jesus. So just so exciting. And then chapter 13 this coming Sunday, which, um, which I'll say a few words about if we have time between callers. But I'm really looking forward to that. And then um, for those of you who are interested, we are starting a new series for Palm Sunday and Easter. And then on Easter Sunday, we're going to have two services at 9 and 1030. So a little different than usual. It's two services on Easter Sunday. If you're in the Longmont area, we'd love to have you join us for Easter Sunday. Our text is going to be John 11, where Jesus raises up Lazarus. But he says, you know, I am the resurrection, the life. And whoever believes in me, though they die, they will rise again. Just an awesome text. It's a great opportunity for you to bring your friends uh, for you to come and hear about Jesus, but also bring friends who might not usually go to church. I would encourage you to wherever you go to church on Sunday. Uh, Easter Sunday is an amazing opportunity. And statistics have shown that people are more willing to go to church than almost any other day of the year. Maybe uh, Christmas Eve is the only other day when more people are willing to go to church. And what they said is that people who don't usually go to church, many of them would go if a friend personally invited them and went with them. So I just want to challenge you with that. Wherever you go to church on Easter Sunday, I encourage you, don't go alone. Take a friend with you or a family member who needs to be there. Um, Let's go to our call-in line. We've got a few callers who've called in now. Let's go to line one. We've got Liz in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Liz. Hi, 
Hi, Pastor Nick. What's going on? Um, so, the Bible says that we basically, if we work for somebody, you know, he's kind of like our, you know, for lack of a better word, what the Bible says, he's our slave master, and we're, you know, his bondservant, so to speak. Um, and we're supposed to obey them. Okay. Well, what do we do if our boss tells us that they want us to lie to a client? Ah, it's a good question. Um, so, yeah, you're right that the Bible does um, talk about submission to authority, and specifically in the workplace, one of my maybe favorite places to go in talking about this is Colossians 3. So it's Colossians 3.22 says, Bond servants obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart fearing the Lord. And whatever you do, work hard as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive your reward. So here's the thing, though. Um, we are to submit to the authorities that God has put into our lives, for sure. Mm -hmm. And one of those authorities is in the workplace, like you're saying. And so that's important. But there's another thing is that above all authorities, we are the people of God and the people of God say that Jesus is Lord. And by saying that, we're saying that he's our supreme authority. And what that means mm -hmm. is that um, if your boss is asking you to do something which is unethical or in this case, let's just say the word, it's sinful, then I think mm -hmm. that that's a, that's a slam dunk case in which you need to tell your boss, I'm sorry, but that goes against my beliefs, it goes against my ethics, I'm a Christian, and my ultimate, um, you know, my ultimate allegiance is to Jesus, and it's to him that I will answer, and so, you know, and, and I, I think that, um, man, that could be a very powerful conversation in a way, I, I would be curious to see where it goes, but I mean, as Christians, that is, that is the thing that we are to do, is to follow Jesus and let the chips fall where they will. Uh, but I would be I would be curious to see where that conversation goes because I don't know your boss, but I could see it going a couple different directions. So, and the thing is, the the very different thing in my situation is that my su supervisor happens to be in a whole different state, so I've never actually like met this person face to face. So everything is done via email. And I've told her, like, several times, all day, pretty much all day today, I don't feel comfortable doing it. You know, I don't believe that's right. To me, that would be lying. I don't feel comfortable doing that. I'm sorry. I can't do that. And she still keeps coming back over and over. And her, her last email was like, oh, well, we just want to make the client happy. Mm -hmm. Well, deceiving the client isn't going to make him happy. Yeah. Like I said, I don't know the situation. I think it's probably in your benefit, though, that um, that you have this email trail, you know, just because yeah. if it does go up to somebody higher, you know, and I, I mean, gosh, to get fired over refusing to do something unethical. Um, you know, because I'm, sure. I'm, I'm thinking of doing, like you said, you know, the last straw tomorrow, like I haven't done it yet, the last straw is telling them, you know, I'm sorry, but my faith, I'm very committed to my faith, and it does not allow me to do that. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I would just it encourage you. It goes against my beliefs. Yeah, I would encourage you in that. I mean, there, 
again, it, this is where, you know, wives, we, we talk about all kinds of submission in the Bible, right? Children, submit to your parents. Wives, submit to your mm -hmm. husbands. But that submission does not extend beyond the point in which a person is doing something which is unethical, sinful, harmful. Yeah. So. And, you know, like she said, oh, this this isn't going to count against you. And when she said that, I felt like immediately, immediately what came to my mind is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Like, right. yes, it is going to count against me. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I think that you're right. Daniel and, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those are great examples of people who refuse to compromise. And, you know, come what may, they refuse to compromise. And, um, you know, I was just reading in Hebrews chapter 11. One of my favorite sections in Hebrews 11 is, is this section starting in verse 32 down to verse 38. And what it says, it actually talks about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And it talks about Daniel and about how these people trusted God, even though it wasn't easy. And then God mm -hmm. rescued them. But here's the, here's the part that I actually like about it. And this might sound weird that I like this part. But the next part that follows that is the, where he says that, but there were others who also trusted God and also obeyed God and walked with God in faith in the midst of difficult times, but they didn't get saved from those difficulties, right? Like it says some were yeah. saved by the sword because they walked in faith, but others <coughs> walked in faith and they weren't saved by the sword. But they, it tells us there, but because they, they hoped in a better resurrection, basically a better world, a better life, a new, the new city, the mm -hmm. ultimate city, which is to come. And so as Christians, you know, that we can actually live really fearless lives where we're able to say, no, truly Jesus is my Lord. And I'm able to live without fear because, um, you know, my hope is ultimately in something that's not found here in this world. So I would just encourage you in that, that let the chips fall where they will. Uh, I would encourage you to, to go with your conviction, and um, and I'd love to pray for you in that, too. Yeah, so if you so. can pray for me, hopefully, you know, the Lord will convict her heart and make her understand that wrong is wrong. Yeah. Well, let's pray for you, then. Heavenly Father, we okay. pray for Liz, and we just pray for the situation with her supervisor asking her to do something which is wrong, asking her to lie to a client. Heavenly Father, I pray that you give her conviction. I pray that you would strengthen that conviction. And Lord, that she would know that she is standing with you in this. And I pray for this supervisor, Lord, that they would, they would relent of trying to force her to do this. And, and Lord, I pray that you would give, her, uh, give Liz an opportunity to be a light and a witness in her workplace, even if it's over email. So Lord, I pray that you would bless her in this, that you would strengthen her in this time of standing up for her convictions and standing on truth. So I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Nick. My pleasure. God bless you. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, here on the air with you today, taking your calls and texts. We've got one open line. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to line two, where we've got Noel in Congress Park. Hi, Noel. Hey, Pastor. Hi, Pastor Nick. Hey, how's it going? Very good, good. Uh, so this weekend, you know, YouTube can be a great thing, and it can also be uh, a not-so-great thing. And I'm, my question basically is, what, what is truth? Um, and I arrive at that question because when I look at the 
on, there's a YouTube video for every person taking apart one denomination or one church or one pastor. And it really got my head spinning this weekend because it's like, well, I, I follow Jesus and I believe I'm following the Bible. And, and yet, no matter who, what video you watch, we're basically all heathens or, or not following Christ and all doomed to hell. And, and it just, it really got me down this, this weekend trying to just know, am I following, um, am I in the right church? Am I following Jesus the way I should be? I see. Yeah, well, okay. Well, so what is truth? Is that your question? Or are you asking yeah. uh, how to navigate how, watching YouTube videos and knowing who's right <laughs> and that stuff? Well, how do I arrive at the actual uh, truth? I mean, if, if one has a Bible and, and reads the Bible and, and follows it, and yet it seems it's still not good enough in in Christianity or in, in one denomination over another, and, and that's what just makes my head spin. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, so here's what I would tell you. I think this is what I've always coached people on up here in Longmont in my ministry, is that okay. we want to be people who are orthodox. And orthodox literally means the true faith, right? So we, we want to be people yeah. who follow the true faith. We want to believe the Bible. We want to take God at his word. But we also want to be generous. So I, I like to use the term generous orthodoxy. We want to be a generous orthodoxy, which means that we want to have the truth and seek the truth. But it also means that we need to know the difference between primary and secondary theological issues. And, um, you know, it's a bit of a cliche, but it's a cliche because it's a good one. So, you know, that there's this saying and sometimes it's attributed to different people. So I won't try and make up who it's attributed to. But, you know, it says that in primary things, uh, there must be. There must be unity in secondary things. There must be, um, I guess, liberality is one word that's used. I don't really like to use that word because I think it has some baggage with it. But, you know, basically yeah. generosity. And in all things, there must be charity, which is a, you know older English word for love. So I, I think that's very true. And I think that we do need to, to try to nail down what are the primary theological issues. And I mean, that's not an easy task. I mean, some of them are easy, right? Like we know that sure. uh, we talk about the deity of Jesus. I believe that the Trinitarian view of God is a non-negotiable. I think right. that, um, you know, the scriptures as the inerrant word of God, that's non-negotiable. Um, let's see. But you can go on. And then, then you get into the ones that, uh, that people sometimes argue about, whether they are non-negotiable or not, right? Um, like the virgin birth. Personally, I think that's a non-negotiable, but I've heard it debated before. Um, wow. Yeah, so I, I actually am not going there at all. I, I do think that is yeah. a non-negotiable, but I have, like I said, I've heard people debate it. Um, another, you know, you get into baptism, but then you get into issues of like forms of baptism, or you get into views on uh, the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, whether they're for today. You get into views of the end times, um, you get into views of soteriology, meaning like how do people get saved, which is what that means. Um, you can get into all these topics, which I, which there's this tendency in people when they really want to drill down and make their point to say, to try to make it a primary issue. And they'll try to kind of demonize the other side and say, well, you know, if somebody doesn't believe this, well, then here are the implications of what they believe about God. And therefore, they're not even a Christian. And so I think right. we need to avoid that, really, because um, 
like here's I'm teaching this Sunday on Hebrews 13 and here's how it begins let brotherly love continue and it talks about brotherly love and I mean there's no stronger place in the Bible than going to first John where he talks about he says if you say that you love God and you hate your brother like the love of the father is not in you in fact he says you've never even known the love of the father so I do take issue with some of these guys who they make it out to seem like the 15 people who watch their YouTube channel are the only people in the world who know the truth or who have ever known the truth. And I just think that's that's wrong. There are a lot of things that we can know, and there are a lot of things which we can, which we have a glimpse into, but we see, uh, the Bible says, as in a mirror dimly. So we need to be humble, and we need to be gracious. And the good news is that God gets to sort it all out in the end, so we don't have to decide who are the heathens and who are not. Uh, we get to love people, use the discernment he's given us, truly. But yeah. um, he, here's here's my last thing I'll say, and then I'll let you uh, speak into it a little bit. Um, I was just talking with someone today about the parable of the wheat and the tares, or the wheat and the weeds, as it's put in some translations mm-hmm. in Matthew's Gospel. And so here's, here's the parable briefly. I'll summarize it. It says that uh, the farmer went into his field and he planted good seed, and those seeds grew up, and that was the wheat. And then an enemy went in at night and planted tares, which are, uh, there's, a, there's a word for this kind of plant. It's similar to wheat, but it's not wheat. And basically it's a weed, and it looks like wheat as it's growing up, but as, it, as uh, the harvest comes, you begin to see that it's not wheat at all. And it's, it's a weed, and it sucks up all the nutrients. And what that represents is that, that uh, there are some people who appear to be Christians, but then they're not. And the farmhands of this farmer ask him, should we go into the fields and pluck up all the tares? And you would expect the farmer would say yes, because that's a big part of farming is getting rid of weeds. But interestingly, this farmer surprisingly says, no, I don't want you to go in and pluck up all the weeds. I'm going to take care of that at the end. There will be a harvest, and then I will separate the wheat from the weeds and I'll, I'll take care of it in the end. So I think that's a really important message for us that it's not wow. our job to go and, uh, and pick out all the fake believers and, um, and do that. We're going to leave that to God. We're going to preach the gospel. We're going to preach truth. There are some times when we do need to call things out, like I think with some of pseudo-Christian cults, like, for example, the uh, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, who use the term Christian, but yet they believe in a different Jesus. I think that in those cases, it is very important that we say, no, this is not right, because we don't want people to be deceived. But when it comes to people who are who are genuinely Christians and who have different views than we do on secondary theological issues, we need to be gracious. So anyway, that's, that's all I've got. What do you want to say now about that? That's great. Uh, no, I, I definitely appreciate that and, and that perspective. Um, of course, a lot of the videos would go back to the scripture of like at, at when Jesus says, "You know, I never knew you. You work your lawlessness." Um, you know, didn't hey Jesus, didn't we do this in your name? And and that's where it it broke my heart for people that are wanting to come to truth and wanting to come to Christ. And it seems like there's so much disunity that how could anybody pick the right one and serve God wholeheartedly? But um, I, I do appreciate that, and that actually makes me breathe a little easier, and it, to extend grace to those that 
like you said, is it a secondary doctrine? Um, but first and foremost, Jesus is our Lord, you know, in the Trinity, the, the virgin birth, and, and especially love amongst each other. Um, yeah. So thank you so much, Pastor Nick. Yeah, uh, you this bet. Really, this really helped. Awesome. God bless you. Uh, just a few more words on that, that previous caller. I'll just say that I do think there's a lot more unity out there than a lot of people realize. And, and you know, I don't know if that's just uh, what I experience or in the past, but I have to say that what I've experienced is a, a whole lot of unity amongst Christians, um, and, and especially Christians wanting to be in unity. I was just in Ukraine a uh, week and a half ago doing a pastor's conference with another pastor here from Whitefields, and one of the topics we spoke on was unity and working together with other churches and, and how to do it well. And it's something that I've seen as being a priority amongst many of the Christians that I'm connected to is that, you know, it is important to have a home church, but it's also important to, to recognize that, okay, just because someone else goes to another church, they're not all heretics just because they don't go to my church. I mean, that would be, that would be um, just a, a lapse of, of seeing the obvious truth that there are other Christians outside of our camp. That was one of the things, remember, that Jesus' disciples said to him, they said, hey, this guy's healing people, but he's not one of us. And Jesus said, hey, whoever's not against me is for me. So, um, yeah, let's uh, continue on. We've got line three, Pablo in Maryland. Hi, Pablo. Hey, how you doing, Pastor Nick? Doing very well. Uh, yeah, on? I would like to request a prayer request. Uh, I just lost my uh, my mother-in-law just passed away last night, and uh, my wife is having a hard time. I'm at, I actually live in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I'm driving. And when I called, I was in Maryland. Now I'm actually in Delaware, heading to the Bronx, New York, where the family's at. Uh, my wife is uh, the only girl from, uh, and she has five brothers. Um, Mom passed away last night, like I mentioned, and uh, her dad is still there, my, my father-in-law, and uh, just like a, a prayer for strength while we go through this time uh, of griefing. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for calling in. I'm, I know that there are others, too, listening who are going through similar things, so thank you for calling in with that prayer request. Let's pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for Pablo. I pray for his family. Lord, I pray that you would be near to them in this time of grief, in this time of sorrow. Lord, I pray for him. Um, I, I, the words of Second Corinthians come to mind, Lord. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our afflictions, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. The Heavenly Father, I pray for Pablo and others suffering these days and suffering grief and loss. <clears throat> Lord, I pray that you would be near to them in a very special way, that your presence would be with them, that they would sense that you are with them and that you are giving them hope. And Lord, thank you that you are the rock that is higher than us. You are the rock on which we can stand. You are that stable and firm ground that we can trust in. And I pray that, Lord, they would know you in this way. They would experience your comfort in this time. pray that you would be in their midst and, Lord, truly bring comfort and healing to their hearts. Lord, we thank you for the promise of the gospel. We know that we were not made to die. Lord, you created us to live forever with you. And thank you that because of Jesus, that's possible. And so, Lord, I pray that as we 
grieve, Lord, we don't grieve as those who have no hope. I thank you for that great promise. And I pray that as Pablo and his family grieve, Lord, that they would grieve with hope in their hearts, knowing that you are the resurrection and the life. And whoever believes in you, though they die, they will rise again. So we pray all that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Pablo. Thank you, Mr. Bye bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. We are about to go to break. We've come up on our mid show break right now, so we are going to be back in two minutes' time. If you'd like to call in in the meantime, the number is 303 690 3000. We'll be back with you in two minutes' time. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, here with you today. I'm filling in for Pastor Ed. I'm usually on on Mondays. But uh, I am filling in today for Pastor Ed, who is in California teaching at a Bible college. He'll be back next week. Uh, but the number to call if you'd like to get on is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. You can also text us at 336, or I'm sorry, 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897. I'd like to take the opportunity real quick before we go back to our callers to personally invite you to join us at Whitefields Community Church. If you are in the Longmont, Colorado area or in the surrounding area, we'd love to have you join us uh, every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the St. Vrain Memorial Building right in downtown Longmont, right on the southeast corner of Roosevelt Park. And uh, you can find more information about us at whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. This Sunday, we're going to be finishing up our study of Hebrews in chapter 13, and then we're going to be spending two weeks on Easter, first looking at Palm Sunday, and then looking at the resurrection of Jesus and all that that means for us. We're going to have two services on Easter at 9 and 10.30 a.m., so we'd love to have you join us for one of those and bring a friend. would love to have you again. That's whitefieldschurch.com. Let's go ahead and go back to our call-in line. We've got Janelle in Colorado Springs on line two. Hi, Janelle. Hi. God bless you. I just um, am so glad that you're here and glad to talk to you. I would like to request prayer from you and the audience. Um, I have a very dear friend that had been like a sister to me for over 20 years. And she's claiming that I said things that I don't recall saying to her at all. It was in a moment of truth and honesty and we were talking about the word, and I said, I will accept the blame because I know you to be a woman of integrity, and I don't believe you would lie to me, but I don't have any recollection of saying, you know, what you say I said, but I will accept the blame, and I told her that I asked her to forgive me. Well, um, after that, she and I have not talked for a few months. And she and her husband uh, were like an adopted brother and sister to me. They just, you know, 
um, took me into their home, and we had a lot of times of fellowship and and stuff. And anyhow, um, I haven't talked to her for months, and I've called and left messages, and she hasn't returned my calls. So God just told me to lay off and leave her alone for a while, and I am. But my heart is just really broken and really torn because relationships like that for me are rare. And so I miss them greatly. They're in leadership. So I know that at least in in one ministry and possibly in another. So I know that her attitude isn't, isn't right. Even if she's too hurt to talk to me, she should let me know that she forgives me. And, um, so and and he doesn't talk to me or attempt to reconcile the two of us together, her and me, um, like I feel like he should as her head spiritually. But anyhow, um, I just really feel the loss of them both greatly, yeah. and I pray for them because I know that she's hurting, whether it's real or imaginary. I know that she's hurting. I think there's a possibility that I spoke other truths that she's rejecting, so it's easier for her to say I said the things that she says I said. But anyway, I just really need prayer. Um, I'm hurting for her. I'm hurting for me. And um, I love the church that I'm going to, but there's not really any people in that congregation who have formed a relationship with me. I'm going there for the truth that I hear, but that's about it. And um, so I just need your prayers. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that is that is a that is the challenge that we're faced with as Christians, isn't it? To speak the truth in love, and both yeah. of, both of those are absolutely necessary whenever we speak. Um, and and I would just it sounds to me like you're doing this, but I would just encourage you and anyone else listening that. Uh, the Proverbs say that a kind word turns away wrath, and sometimes it, radical humility can uh, can break um, cold and hard hearts. And so, um, yeah, let me pray for you, and uh, I'll just encourage everyone listening to also join with us in prayer uh, for you in this, this situation. I'm sorry that you're hurting. It's hard because I'm totally blind, and... She's one of the few people that really accepts me with my disabilities and mm. my limitations and everything. And we just had a very special camaraderie. Mm. Well, it sounds like it was a, a pretty special relationship. So as I, before I pray, I just want to encourage you, you know, to reach out to her and, and really share your heart with her. Because, I mean, I don't know what all happened, but if I was listening to you share what you just shared with me, uh, I would definitely want to uh, reconcile. You know, if she knew how much, how valuable she is to you and how much you want to be reconciled, I think that that might be very good for her to know. So I just want to encourage you in that. But let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for Janelle. Lord, I ask that you would heal this broken relationship. Lord, I pray that where there needs to be uh, humility, that there would be humility. And where there needs to be forgiveness, that there would be forgiveness. Yeah. And uh, Lord, we pray that you would do that work. Lord, you're the one who, uh, Lord, you can soften hard clay. Lord, you can, uh, you can break through rocks of stone. And Lord, you do that yeah. with the heat of your love and, and with the, 
the warmness uh, of your love. So, Lord, I pray that you would do that in this situation. Lord, I do pray that uh, you would warm up this um, relationship between them. I pray you'd heal what's been broken, that you would bridge this gap. And, Lord, that truly you'd bring restoration because, Lord, that's what you are about. You're not about broken relationships. You're about restoring what has been broken and healing what has been hurt. So, Lord, I pray that that would happen in this relationship. And, and uh, I pray for Janelle, Lord, that you'd bring her also in addition to this person, But because I, I do pray that they would come back. But I pray in addition to this person, Lord, that you'd give her people around her who she can build real camaraderie with and yes, community in the Lord. And, Lord, I pray that you'd be with her in her home and in her church. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you for calling in, Janelle. God bless you. God bless you. All right. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, on the air with you today, taking your calls and texts. We've got two open lines right now. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or things going on in your life. Or if you'd like to be prayed for, we'd love to hear from you. Let's go to line one where we've got Jeff in Aurora, Colorado. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Nick. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, what's up? Well, my wife and I are going through financial hardship, and uh, a year, or a little over a year ago, about a year and a half, I co-signed on a truck for for a gentleman, and it's not, it's one of the big 18-wheelers, so, and uh, he hasn't been making the payments, and it looks like the truck's going to be given back to me. After this week, the bank's going to repossess it and then put everything on me. I just need guidance from the Lord on what door he wants me to go through, what he wants me to do about all of this. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Let's go ahead and uh, I'll pray for you. That's a tough situation. Heavenly Father, we pray for Jeff. We thank you for his heart to help this friend of his uh, to have this truck to be able to make money. But Lord, uh, how frustrating and difficult to have this put on him, this additional financial burden and having to take over these payments and having it hurt his credit. Lord, I pray that uh, truly you would help provide for him. I pray that you would provide for him and that you would help him to make these payments or to get rid of this truck. I just pray, Lord, you'd make it clear to him which way he should go in this situation. And, Lord, I pray for him that in his faithfulness to you, Lord, you would provide for him. Lord, I thank you for your grace towards him. I, I thank you that you put him in a position where he was able to help out this other person. And, Lord, I just pray that you'd give him um, Lord, give him the ability to, to take care of his family financially. So, Lord, we pray for direction. We pray for provision. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, Jeff, I'm sorry to hear about your your, uh, situation there. And if you can still hear me, go ahead. Um, It doesn't, it's tough. You know, it's, I just keep looking to the Lord, though. Yeah, absolutely. He provides. Absolutely. All these stumbling blocks and situations, they're, they're here to teach us something. So I just needed his guidance, and I thank you for praying for it. My pleasure. God bless you, Jeff. 
Take, take care. care and God bless. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. We have all open lines right now and about 20 minutes left in the show. So if you'd like to call in, it's a good time. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go over to our text line. We've got a few texts that have come in so far. Uh, we had one text that came in and said, What exactly is the glory of the Lord and what does it mean to glorify God. Well, let's talk about what is the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord is his beauty. It is the beauty of who he is in his majesty, you could say it. You know, glory, the word glory really refers to light. It refers to uh, a bright light. And so the glory of God is that bright light of who he is. It is his goodness. It is his everything that makes him great. You know, one of the greatest places in the Bible to go for this is where God talks about who he is. I'll open that right now. It's Exodus 34, where God makes himself reve- uh, reveals himself to Moses, and he, he pro- it says that he proclaimed the name of the Lord. In other words, he proclaimed his character, his innate goodness. And this is what he says. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed his name over him. The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but by no means clearing the guilty. That's a very interesting thing, especially that last phrase tends to tends to throw people off. Well, what does that mean? Um, but this is God's glory. He's telling you what it is that makes him beautiful, what it is that makes him good, what it is that makes him majestic. First of all, he says that he is merciful. It's God's glory that he shows mercy to sinners. Also, God is gracious. That mercy is not giving someone what they deserve. So like when you get pulled over for a traffic ticket and the police officer doesn't give you a ticket because they're being nice to you, that is mercy. Grace, on the other hand, is giving you something you don't deserve. That's when someone gives you a gift that you you don't deserve, you haven't earned, but they give it to you just out of love. So that's grace. Uh, Slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping that love for thousands, forgiving iniquity. So it's God's glory that he is faithful it is god's glory that he forgives iniquity it's god's uh, glory that he forgives transgressions but then here's the really interesting one it says it's also god's glory that he doesn't clear the guilty in other words that sometimes it's god's glory it brings him glory and brings him honor it's part of his greatness that he is just and that he brings justice and even judgment on people or or on societies or on the earth. And we see that throughout the Old Testament. We see that God's glory is manifested sometimes in the fact that he brings judgment. And uh, But, you know, this is one of my favorite sections to teach on. Because, check this out. On the one hand, it says that God is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and it's his glory that he forgives. But on the other hand, it says that it's God's glory that he brings judgment. And so how do those two work together? Because if mercy is defined as not giving someone what they deserve, justice is defined as giving someone exactly what they deserve. 
And so if God says, on the one hand, my glory is that I don't give people what they deserve, but on the other hand, my glory is also that I do give people what they deserve. Well, then how do those two go together? They almost seem contradictory. And this is one of the great things about the Bible is if you were to only read the Old Testament, it's full of tensions, unanswered questions. How can this be true and this be true at the same time? Because they seem like opposites. And those tensions in the Old Testament are only resolved in Jesus Christ. So there's several of these, t these tensions. Maybe two of the greatest ones, though, are this one about how can God be merciful on the one hand and truly just on the other hand? Another one of these tensions is this question. Is God's love conditional or unconditional? Because sometimes in the Old Testament, it seems like God's love is uh, conditional, right? He, like he says, or at least let's say his covenant with us is conditional or unconditional. It, it seems like he's saying his con covenant is totally conditional, like in Deuteronomy. If you do these things, then I will do these things. But other times it seems like God is saying, no matter what you do, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll always be faithful to you, even if you, you know, go totally off the rails. And so which one's true? This is a tension which isn't actually answered in the Old Testament. It's only found, the answer is found in Jesus, where we see that Jesus fulfilled the conditions of the covenant so that God could love us and accept us unconditionally. We see, for example, that it is God's mercy. God's mercy is fulfilled in this, that he, he, uh, he pours out judgment on Jesus, or his judgment is fulfilled. His perfect justice is fulfilled in Jesus so that he can show us mercy. So that's how that, that works together. But anyway, the glory of God is his beauty. It's his greatness. It is that which is true, vibrant, wonderful, majestic about God. And how do we glorify God? I'll put it this way. It's by making that glory that's already there visible. We're making it visible. And there are many ways that you can do that. You can do that with the way that you live. We are to glorify God in our bodies, is what 1 Corinthians tells us. That we were bought with a price, therefore we ought to glorify God in our bodies because we're not our own. So how do you glorify God in your body? It means, but by the way that you live, you make God's character, his goodness, everything that's right about him, you make it visible to the world. So you glorify God, you can do it in your speech, by using words, you can do it in the way that you live. You can do it as you praise and worship him. Uh, you, are, you are taking the glory of God, which is already there, and you are making it visible. You are speaking it out. You are making it known to, to other people and to yourself. Uh, sometimes that's part of worship, is glorifying God in our own hearts. So I hope that answers your question, but great question. And uh, I do pray that we would not only know God's glory, but bring him glory with our lives. Let's go back to our call-in line. We've got a few calls that have come in the meantime. Let's go to Peggy in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Peggy. Hi. Um, I was wondering if you would pray with me for my son. He has a an interview at 5 o'clock tonight. Mm -hmm. and oh, that's soon. My prayer is that it would be something that would just be good for him pay-wise and a good work environment. Yeah, absolutely. Let's pray for him. What's your son's name? Eric. Eric. Awesome. Let's pray for Eric. Heavenly Father, we pray for Eric. We thank you that he has this job opportunity. And Lord, we pray that according to your will, he would get this job. And Lord, that you would open up the door, that it would be a good working environment. And Lord, that this would be your way of providing for him. We pray that as he begins this job, or, or if it's another job, uh, Lord, we do pray 
that he would view this job not only as a place to work, but as a vocation, as a calling from you to serve his fellow man through the work that he's doing. And Lord, we do pray that you would bless in that job and that truly working there would bring him closer to you and that he would also get to glorify you in the way that he works and the way that he talks in that place. So Lord, if this is what you want for him, would you open that door so wide that no one can shut it? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. That's Amen. perfect. Awesome. God bless Thank you, Peggy. You. Thanks for calling uh-huh. in. All right, uh-huh. bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church on the air with you today, taking your calls and texts. We've got 10 minutes left in the show. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go. Uh, before we go to our next caller, I'm actually going to answer another question that came in. Uh, somebody called and left a message for me and it was because on Monday I hosted as I as I usually do on Mondays here on Calvary Live and I was mentioning a conference that I went to this past weekend it was in Thousand Oaks California it was put on by Calvary Global Network and I w- I got to be one of the leaders of it is the first ever of, that we've done of this sort and it was called the Expositors Collective and what it was was an interactive seminar for young men and women who want to be expositors of the Bible who want to preach and teach in their churches and in the world. And it was to help them know how to build those skills and to get some coaching. So we did a lot of mentoring and coaching during this conference seminar. And we had some panel discussions. We had some short teachings. It was great. And what I mentioned to you on Monday is that this is something which is going to continue not just um, it wasn't just a one-time conference, but this is we want this to be kind of an ongoing thing with ongoing mentorship, but also ongoing events. We're hoping to develop a podcast and some video teachings, which will all be up on this website. And this caller had asked for that website. His name was Larry. So Larry and anyone else listening who's interested, the website is expositorscollective.com. That's expositorscollective.com, and I'll also email you that. I see that you left me your email, so that's awesome. Great, let's go to line two where we've got Kazua in Denver. Hi, Pastor. Hi, did I pronounce your name right? I know that we're (laughs) almost running out of time, but um, my friend and I were arguing about what is the right date to go to church, the actual true date. Is it Saturday or Sunday? Because she's going to Saturday church, and then I'm going to Sunday church, and so we're arguing about this. Uh-huh. Plus, I want to know, there's so many churches, and which is the right church to go? Okay, well, those are two really big questions, but let me answer the one about the Sabbath first. Okay, mm-hmm. so which day is the proper day to worship? And I'm going to tell you that uh, neither of those are the only day on which you should worship, because in Christ, we, we are free to worship on any day of the week. But I will tell you this, that about this Sabbath day, uh, so many Christians have, you know, they have this kind of concept that um, Sunday just replaced the Jewish Saturday. And the reason why we worship on Sunday is, of course, and this is this is correct, that the reason we worship on Sunday is because the early Christians worshipped on Sunday. And the reason they worshipped on Sunday was because that was the day of Jesus' resurrection. It was the day of okay. new life and resurrection in Jesus. And so the early Christians began to gather on the Sabbath. And there's a really actually very interesting facts about what the early Christians did. And I, I, I'm personally challenged by it. And I'll tell you why. Because 
at that time, Sunday was not a day off. It was not a, you know, a day when you didn't have to go to work. And so here's mm-hmm. what the early Christians did for about the first 200 to three. Well, it's about the first 250 to 300 years of Christianity is that they would gather in the morning before work. So they would gather at sunrise before they went to work and they would share communion and they would sing together. And then they would mm-hmm. go to work and they would work eight to 12 hours and then they would gather again on Sunday evening to listen to preaching, preaching of the gospel, preaching from the word of God. And so think about this for 300 years. Nobody had the day off on Sunday, but they gathered morning and evening to take communion, remember uh, the Lord's death, celebrate his resurrection, and mm-hmm. then to hear the message of the gospel preached. And, and so I think that's really challenging to many of us, you know, who... Um, I think in our society, you know, we, we, we've gotten so accustomed to convenience that uh, an hour and a half on Sunday morning, for some people, that's uh, almost more than they feel that they can handle. I would say, look at these early Christians and look at the exuberance with which they worshiped God morning and evening, getting up before the sun rose uh, to worship him. But here's the thing that I would tell you. I would tell you to go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, and I want mm-hmm. you to read there what it says about the rest of God, because and, and rest meaning the resting in God, what it means to rest and have rest. And here's what the author is saying. He, because Christians in those days were asking this exact same question that you're asking. Hey, which day is the right day to worship God? Should we worship him on Saturday or should we worship him on Sunday? And some people said, oh, well, you know, keeping the Sabbath, that's one of the commandments, right? Like 10 commandments. And so the others would say, well, hey, Sunday is the new Saturday. And so we should we have to worship God on Sunday. And what the writer to the Hebrews says is, well, no, actually, the Sabbath was a picture of Jesus. The Sabbath mm-hmm. was a picture of Jesus. So just as on the Sabbath, people rested from their labors in Jesus, we rest from our labors of striving to justify ourselves before God. And so therefore, we can rest in him. So um that's really the answer. The Sabbath day is Jesus. Jesus is our Sabbath. Now, on top of that, I do believe it is important to follow a Sabbath principle. It's wise. God himself rested. And if, if God needs rest, then well, I don't think God needed rest. But if God took rest, then isn't it wise for us to take rest and set aside a day to focus on God and to focus on worshiping God and taking a break from our work? So I do believe it's a good principle to follow. Um, but I don't so think that, that would be is... on a Sunday then. See, that's what I'm trying to tell you is that I don't think or... it's bound to one of those two days. Uh-huh. I, I don't think it's limited to one of those two days. Okay. So I think that you can worship God on Saturday. You can worship God on Sunday. I would encourage you to worship God uh, every other day of the week as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. So which, which is the right church to go to? Well, is I'm not it... sure that uh, I can tell you. You know, this is the one right church. But I will tell you some principles to look for in a church. How about that? Mm-hmm. I want you to find a church that believes the Bible, that teaches the Bible. I think that's pretty important. If I was going to recommend you a church, I would want you to make sure it's a church that doesn't just teach tips and strategies for how you can have your best life now. I want you to find a church that teaches through the Bible. And I, my preference and my recommendation is find a church that teaches um, systematically through the Bible. It goes through entire books of the Bible. It isn't just jumping around from topic to topic and whatever fad uh, blows this way or that on uh, uh, any given day. So um, 
we're coming up by on the way by the way at the end of the show if you are in colorado which you are you're in denver so i'm going to give you yeah. two resources um well i mean yeah i'm going to give you one resource actually uh to find a good church near you go to calvarychapel.com and this is my bias okay so there are mm-hmm. plenty of other good churches out there that are not calvary chapels but the thing that I like about Calvary Chapel is that I know what you're going to get if you go to Calvary Chapel. And it's going to be systematic teaching of the Bible. It's going to be people who really believe the Word of God. And so that's what I'm going to recommend for you, okay? So go to calvarychapel.com, and they have a church finder, church locator. So go in there, okay. put your address in there, and it'll pop up a bunch of churches in your area. Another website, I told you I was going to give you one, but I'm going to give you another, calvaryaurora.org. Calvary Aurora, they're the ones who host this radio station, and they actually have a list on their website, too, of churches that they recommend, and on their list, they have some churches that are not Calvary chapels that um, mm-hmm. that they they wholeheartedly recommend. So those are two great resources for you, and I hope that God bless you and that he lead you to a great church. Thank you so much. Thank you. Awesome. God I want to ask you more, but I know we're running out of time, so thank you so much. All right, I'll call in again call tomorrow. Call you back then. some other time. Sounds good. All right, God bless you. Thank All you. Right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. We've come up on the end of the show. Uh, join me again tomorrow. I'll be with you again tomorrow, filling in for Pastor Ed here on Calvary Live from 4 to 5 p.m. Mountain Time. And uh, God bless you. Have a great day. Again, my name is Pastor Nick Cady, Whitefields Community Church. Just invite you to check us out, whitefieldschurch.com. And tune in to Calvary Live every weekday, 4 to 5 p.m. Mountain Time. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.